Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, and I'm here to share with you my journey into an unknown world. And today, I'd like to take the topic of beliefs. Beliefs are often justified and rationalized, explained and excused, and the list goes on in different ways that we believe that we are in some way sharing our truth. But here my question is, what do you really and truly believe? Something that you believe so strongly in that you would fight to keep what you believe as part of your everyday consciousness that will in some way control you to a point where you may get angry, sad, miserable, you may deplore the attitudes of others, or you may in some way feel that you are being dominated by someone else's opinion about what you believe. I have walked upon this earth now for 76 years, and I have seen a lot of people argue over what they believe. I myself did indeed argue a lot once I became an adult. During my childhood years, it was forbidden that a child should argue back, especially when the elders are supposed to know best. My family was very much of the upper class, and I was born after or during World War Two. But after the war, I began to realize that this whole class thing was a abomination to me. I felt that we had in some way a need to integrate our species. I did not know that over the years that were to follow that we would indeed intermarry and that our ideas of social class structures would fall away and that we would in fact intermingle not only our species but our religions, our philosophies and of course the ways and means of how we live. Now a lot of things depend on the country we're born into and of course when we're born into that country our body will naturally adapt to that environment. So what I'd like to do here is to point out that when you were little, born in your country, your native country, your body was introduced during the pregnancy to all that your mother believed. In other words, your spirit self downloaded every emotion every thought, every feeling, every idea, every sense of touch and smell that she had was absorbed into your brain through the vibration of her blood. And that blood helped your body to grow and evolve, allowing your brain to develop to the point where your psyche, your spirit consciousness in the back of your brain was able to store and remember all of your mother's life in detail. But once you were born, all that information being stored so deeply within your brain was not available to your conscious mind. So in order to awaken some of that information, it was necessary for not only mother, but also grandmother on both sides to come to your side and say things to you that would in some way directly stimulate you to believe what they say. So if mother looks into your eyes and says, don't touch the fire, 
it will burn your hand. Even though you know she's right, it may well be that you still reach out and touch something that burns you, only to find out the hard way that your truth is, that like mother's truth, touching something hot burns. So in other words, what I'm saying here is that trial and effort with the pros and cons of life slowly allows you to choose your own ideas and your own feelings about what you do while slowly deleting all that you have absorbed from your mother and your grandmothers that you do not agree upon. Now you might say, why am I not referring to your father? Father's DNA carries what will be the teenager you. So once you reach the age of 10, everything that you've absorbed from the female sides of your family, including siblings who might be older or younger, you will have come to your own ideas about what you believe and what you think, which you may well feel are absolutely and entirely your own conclusions that have led you to believe what you believe. But what I'm here to tell you is this, that when someone looks into your eyes when you're a small baby, smiles sweetly and says, carrots are good for you, come on, eat up this little jar of carrots. And when you taste it, you believe and accept this is the right food for you. And yet, when you grow up, you seem to have a distinct dislike for carrots. So where did this happen? Where was it that you decided that what mother said about carrots was not valuable information for you and that you in some way had made up your mind that you didn't like the taste of carrots? Nobody can say exactly, for example, on your fourth birthday, on the 10th of October in the year of whatever, whatever. No. What happened was somewhere along your journey in working with your mother through the smells, taste, touch, eye movement, facial expressions, body stance, muscular emanations of energy, you will have read all of that as your mother tells you she knows best. And if you're not sure about that, well, you certainly will go and question Grandma or even Dad. And in the early years, what does Dad say? He says, go ask your mother. <laughs> and, of course, if you ask your mother, she'll repeat what she told you before. But when you go and ask Grandma, Grandma has a different history. After all, she was in her mother's womb. So Grandma will give you a few different ideas about what her daughter believes. What you're up against then is two adults who have in their own time assimilated all that was brought from the wombs of their mothers into their body and that they had taken those ideas, those feelings, those thoughts, those beliefs, all that was accepted out into the world and tested it. And in their own way, what they had done had eliminated quite a lot of what mothers had told them in their early years. But then, as we try to, shall we say, settle out our autonomy to our independence, we start looking at the way Dad interacts with Mum. 
knowing that he has a different point of view gives the child another idea. Well, the first one could be Mum says ABC, but Dad says XYZ. The next thing you may witness is an argument. At that point, you are learning that two people you love most dearly do not particularly seem to agree and, as their child, you agree with each. And so you move back and forwards between these two adults trying to make sense of what they're saying, trying to understand why mother is crying or father's yelling, trying to understand what the whole conversation is all about. And the more you listen, the more confusing it becomes, the more you are forced to come up with your own guessing game. And during that time as you guess away, you make your own mind up to have some ideas that might be entirely different to the scenario your parents are going through, or you may take side, depending on how you feel emotionally yourself. Let me stop here and say to you that if you are someone who is having a problem with your parents, I want you to know that you can write to me, dr. Margaret rvc at gmail.com state your age you must be over 12 years old for me to help you I will then write you a paragraph which will help you to understand and be in your own space without going against your parents and the things that they ask you to do we call this psychology a way of seeing an alternative way to speak, a way of understanding an alternative expression to show, a way of knowing that when you act differently, you break the point of control. In other words, you surrender and allow whatever is happening to occur without being pulled into the emotional blackmail trauma that is going on before you. Over the years, people also will come into your life and they will tell you what they believe are their facts. They will ask you to choose, take side, to believe them against someone else. We see teenagers forming gangs. And the gangs swear to support one another. And when there's controversy, if someone steps out of line, there is always punishment. Unfortunately, punishment is ill-placed for all it does is serve to break up the group eventually. For as one member sees another punished, so they fear punishment themselves. And before you know it, a family united is a family in separation. I wrote a book called the Dark Side. It's also an audio book. You can download it on Kindle. You can find it on Amazon. It's just called The Dark Side, written by Professor Margaret Rogers Van Koops. So search it online, if you will, and listen to the things that I say there. A lot of people think The Dark Side is all dragons and imps and horrible 
energies that are going to come and invade your aura and destroy you like a Dracula figure or an alien that's going to lift you out up into the skies, up into the spaceship or maybe that is going to happen for some but for you I want you to believe and to know that whenever you're in a situation where there is umbrage, where there are arguments, where there are cold shoulders, where there is bullying, where there is any part of someone trying to destroy another, you are looking at stern beliefs that are inflexible. I want you to hear that word, inflexible. In other words, rigid. Rigid beliefs lead to rigid rules. If you do not eat all your dinner, you will not get dessert. Then you refuse to eat the dinner. Dessert is served. Your plate is empty. You look at the face of your mother, your father. You look at the plate you didn't want to eat. You look at your siblings who are there gorging themselves on dessert. And you feel life is unfair. And in that emotional moment, you find yourself wanting to run away or scream and shout that you are mean and not aware of your point of view that you have eaten enough of the dinner and have left a small space for eating dessert. Well, a lot of this upbringing is all going on within the first five years of your life. In the first year you are learning to walk and to copy everyone around you. So if someone says, don't touch the fire, and you do, and you burn yourself, you've learned very quickly that what the adult told you was right. And based on that simple one-time experience, you will emotionally believe that everything everyone tells you is bad is true. On the reverse of that, if you are able to climb up onto a chair and sit at the table, even though it was a struggle to achieve the right position at the table and you are praised for it, then you will grow up believing that as long as you are a good child and you do things in the right way, then you will be praised and honored all the time. As we get older, and we become teenagers, we are interacting with our peers and our peers often will manipulate our emotions and our mindsets with theirs on top of yours. Forming a gang, forming friendships, often in the early years of being a teenager causes individuals to be upset frequently. We make a new friend, and in our mind's eye, we believe they will be our friend for our entire life. When school finishes and we outgrow all the classes and courses and graduate, we make many promises to keep in touch. But as the moments of the years pass by, we think of those people frequently, but never make the phone call. So what happens when we think of those people? Our brain immediately recalls little things they said and did. Perhaps the things were good or some were bad. But whatever it was, those events emotionally will remind you that you have learned from them 
to believe the way they believe in how life is going to turn out. So here I'd like to point out that there comes a time in our mid-twenties to late-thirties where we start to say, why do I believe this idea or this feeling? Why do I let this idea or this feeling control me? A simple example would be going to have your driving test reviewed. What if I fail the questionnaire? I'll look stupid. I'm supposed to know it. I've been driving for years. But I haven't looked at this sheet of paper for many years. I've forgotten what's even on it. What if the rules have changed? And so on. Meanwhile, your stomach is churning. You're worried. The idea of setting time aside to read the slip again and read the rules of the road again is time-consuming and a nuisance upsetting your timetable. But what really is going on is you are having a lesson in saying, stop, stop thinking the way you've been trained to think. Stop feeling emotional the way you've decided as a child to respond to everything. You're an adult now, and an adult needs to know how to manage both the dark side of life as well as the light side. Let me remind you here that you are listening to Journey into an Unknown World. I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops. I'm actually a professor, but I'm used to Dr. Margaret. And I'm here today talking about belief. And my question in the beginning was, what do you really and truly believe? In order to know that, you have to stop thinking the way people have conditioned you to think or you have to stop thinking the way you've made yourself think as a result of emotional upset. In the spiritual sense of life, Jesus and many other elders of religions around the world have taught us to judge not, for if you judge, you will be judged. In a tribal consciousness, we are all humans living on this planet. And we all at some time look to others for advice. But if that advice seems to be contrary to your beliefs, you may well refuse the advice and walk away, only to find later that you've walked into a dark hole where misery, pain and suffering hurt you on a daily basis. So what is the dark side? It is all the things that you fear it is a psychological way you think to protect yourself. It is the essence of oneness where all things were first formed and how out of that darkness through friction, energy became gas, gas became solids. And all of that was born out of friction, heat, light. So you see, when you have a negative idea, it isn't all bad. What it's actually saying is, review it. See if you can rearrange some of the points of your belief. And with it, listen to your heart. How your heart feels about the new ways of thinking and processing certain situations. Again, I'd like to remind you 
that if you'd like to see more about me and my works, you can go to www.sumariscenter.com. That is spelt S for sugar, U, M, A, R, I, S for sugar again, center spelt American dot com. There you will find news about my different projects, my books, my radio show, my videos, and packages, and classes and things I'm going to do in the future. I have been talking about teaching on Zoom based on all of my radio shows. I am open to your point of view on what you would like me to talk about. So please write your full name, your email, and your interests, and do suggest a subject you'd like to hear on my radio show. When the dark side and the light side meet, there is a unity within yourself. There is a knowing that if you say or do something in the wrong way, that it will stir the muddy waters up of fear, pain, anger, and guilt. So what can you do about this? How can you prevent some unhappiness occurring? For me, in my early years, my father suggested that I learn new words, that I replace my simple words with complimentary or shall we say, bigger words that were something I had to look up in the dictionary. And I remember my first word in my late teens was incongruous. So instead of saying, that doesn't fit, that won't work, that's not part of what I'm trying to do, I just looked at someone and said, that is incongruous with my idea. Immediately I could see the person looking at me, what's that word mean? But I had command of the situation, and then I had time to explain what I was trying to do. Sometimes using a word that is unusual to another stops the fuss and nonsense of arguing. Other times someone may storm away feeling foolish and insecure not knowing what that big word is. But at least you have prevented a disastrous moment where you could have come to blows over your belief versus someone else's. These individual dark side and light sides of self must come together throughout your life. You will have times when you believe that everything you do is failing. Your low self-esteem also makes it very clear you feel uneducated and not capable of doing much at all. Meanwhile, the light side of you could well be inspiring you to try something entirely new. And if you are in the dark side, you are likely to say, I believe that if I try something in the light side, I will fail, so I will not start anything new. Meanwhile, the light side of you is saying, I hate being locked down, tied down, feeling miserable. I just want to run with the wind. I want to try something new. That battle will go on within you until you give yourself permission to let go of the negative beliefs that are a part of the dark side in you that is preventing you 
from embracing the light side of yourself, where your creative, artistic talents are ready to be shown in joy and bliss. Here I want to say that if you've been listening to this and you're in a relationship that is not working out because the pair of you are arguing constantly, I have a special that I'm offering if you mention that you've listened to this show on belief. Now, what is that special? Normally, I charge $200 an hour for counseling for anyone who is having a relationship issue. If you are listening to this show and you need my help to understand more about the dark side of yourself, and the light part of you that can be used to break away from such bad issues with your relationship with others, then I will give this time to you for $150 per hour. Now I will say here that some issues are very deep. Some people argue immensely and do not want to change their point of view. They become stubborn and fixed and often push people away, leaving themselves in sadness and misery. If you have this kind of problem, I can still be there for you. I can take a meeting with you on Skype, and we can talk about your issues, and I'll respond in kind about everything. And when you are ready, hypnotize you to be able to let go of your old beliefs that no longer serve you and awaken to new belief that you are positive, full of joy and pleasure and able to be as creative as you want to be. Again, I'm going to say please go to sumariscenter.com and write there that you would like me to help you. And also, if you pay me through PayPal, I will receive that at sumariscenter.com. In anything that you're going to do for yourself in this life, the first thing you must do is learn to agree with yourself. I have an exercise in my book called The Rejection Syndrome, where in the second half you can read a script that is for you to say to yourself while looking in the mirror. It goes something like this. The heart speaks first to the mind. Look at you. You're so mixed up. You're so worried. You're so crazy. Don't you know it hurts me when I see you suffering so? It goes on for about a page and a half. What you would do is copy it so that you can have it on a sheet of paper. And then you can stand in front of your bathroom mirror and read it aloud, looking down with each line catching it and then looking at yourself as you speak it. Repeat this many times over the weeks to come and you will find that your brain will begin to rest and when it does, your heart will lead the way. The joy of listening to your heart is always about agreement, not only with those around you, but with the oneness, your spirit guides, counselors, teachers, and anyone else that you seek guidance from. 
and while this is going on, to be sensory and sensitive to those that you have argued with. And in slow time, yes, slow time, absorbing, learning, evolving, there will come a moment when you will know completely and utterly that you have transformed your old beliefs and made new ones. And in that moment, you will be delighted to know that you are vibrating at a much more refined vibration that allows your psyche to lead the way. On that note, I yet again say to you, if you want a copy of my book, The Dark Side, you can go to Amazon for ebook or audiobook and download it from Kindle. If you like a softback, that's available too. On this note, I say to you, leave your email, your interest, and your full name on my website, sumariscenter.com, and I will get back to you if you need help. Thank you once again for listening to me, and I sincerely hope that if you get a copy of the Rejection Syndrome or the Dark Side, you will begin to see the light within yourself and to know inner peace. Blessings to you. May God be with you always. Bye.